Thanks, Lord. I just thank you for what you spoke to me that you wanted to speak to the folks that are here today. And I just thank you that it's coming out just, you know, unhindered, unchecked by any outside force. And I just declare right now, Father, that there's an impartation as I speak, that it's not just an intellectual understanding, an intellectual hearing, but there's a spiritual understanding. There's a, a transfer in, of the spirit of wisdom and knowledge, Father, of you and, and, and what you are speaking. And so I just release right now ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive, and clarity of speech and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I want to take a... I, I got to go. Hold it if we have time at the end. Okay, I want to start by pulling everybody's attention to this prophetic piece of artwork back here, the two keys. The keys, okay? I want you to just, the keys. The keys, right? And you might want to, on your way out, take a picture of that with your phone. All right, that picture was done for us by Teresa Dedman from Bethel. Um, uh, if you don't know much about Teresa Dedman, she leads the creative arts ministry at Bethel. She's amazing. And uh, she painted a couple of pictures for us, but that was one that she did while she was here. And God's really been speaking to me uh, a lot in the last weeks, lots and lots. And since the beginning of the year, really, there's been such a work that God's been doing. Um, My goodness, it's been amazing. But uh, I'm calling today's message the jurisdiction of heaven. And I'm calling it that because God is really speaking to us in this hour that we need to get this. What? I'm about to tell you. But this is really key. This is a key. The jurisdiction of heaven. What is that? Well, what is a jurisdiction? The jurisdiction is a realm of authority. Okay? So, um, for example... You know, when you come up the pass, you're going to leave El Paso County and you're going to come into Teller County, right? And so El Paso County and Teller County are two different counties and they're two different jurisdictions, right? And so they're two different police forces. They're two different um, city governments or county governments, right? Not city governments, county governments. They're, there's a, they're, I mean, you know, our state is divided into jurisdictions called counties, all right, so it's a it's a realm or a, a boundaried area of jurisdiction. So I want to talk about today the jurisdiction of heaven. All right, and this is a legal discussion, and sometimes you need to recognize that we are legally entitled to some things. We are legally uh, responsible for some things in the sense that we are in Christ, okay? First of all, if you, if you hang out here much, uh, you're going, here's what you're going to get, okay? You are going to get completely set free of this idea and this perception and this mindset that you and Jesus, you and the Father, you and Holy Spirit are ever separate. You are going to develop a foundation of union that you can actually build the rest of your Christian doctrine and Christian life on. Because too often we have this foundation that is absolutely broken because we still think of God. I mean, we, we know the words. We say Christ in us, the hope of glory. We say we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We, we say, hey, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. We say the same spirit that raised up from Jesus from the dead dwells in me, but we don't live those realities. We don't live those realities. We don't live those realities in our prayer life. We don't live those realities in our worship life. We don't live those realities when we're sitting down and journaling. We don't, in our Bible study. We don't, we don't live those realities when we're praying for the sick. We don't we don't live those realities in our, in our finances. We don't live from that place. We say it, but we aren't being it. And because we aren't being it, we don't experience the reality of what that means. So what does that have to do with the jurisdiction of heaven? It has everything to do with the jurisdiction of heaven. Because Jesus, when he came, be clear, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, okay? Um, I need my Bible here. Um, and, you know, if you look in, um, you know, he'll say, that Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing the sick, 
um, it'll say he sent out his disciples, you know, to, to preach the gospel of the kingdom. So the kingdom, here's the deal. The kingdom was invading earth in Jesus's ministry. When he showed up, the jurisdiction of heaven showed up. The authority of heaven showed up. All right. And everywhere he went, he released the jurisdiction of heaven. That's why blindness had to go because there is no blindness in heaven. In heaven. There is no blind. In heaven, these things are, can I say it, illegal. Blindness is illegal. Poverty is illegal. Deafness is illegal. Strife is illegal. Anything that's not the fruit of the Spirit, by the way, is illegal. Right? Faith is legal. Love is legal. Joy, it's legal. But there's certain things that are just not allowed. They're illegal in the jurisdiction of heaven. I'm going to go to a scripture in a moment. Let's start with Matthew 16, 19. And he says this. This is Jesus saying, talking to his disciples, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, this scripture reads actually a little bit backwards in the sense that it seems like whatever we do on earth is what's going to be, what's going to happen in heaven. And whatever we do, um, whatever we bind and whatever we loose on earth is what's going to happen in heaven. The amplified version is a better explanation of the scripture. So let me read this in the Amplified. It says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind. And then in the little Amplified piece, it says, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Okay, is that making a little bit more sense? So whatever we declare unlegal or unlawful on earth must be what is already illegal and unlawful in heaven. And whatever we release on earth or declare lawful on earth must be what is lawful in heaven. Does that make sense? So there is an agreement here. He's giving us the keys of authority, the keys of jurisdiction of heaven has been released to us, has been released to us, okay? But it's, it's, it's what we do. It's what we declare. It's what we enforce. It's what we enforce. Now, granted, it's got to already be what's enforced in heaven, but it's what we enforce that's enforced. And it's what we allow that's allowed. Now, Shalise, that seems like you're giving an awful lot of power to humans. Well, I am. You see, people think God is in control. And I'll tell you, if you think God is in control, first of all, that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even make sense. I mean, God does not control you. I mean, I mean, he just doesn't control you. <laughs> he didn't control Adam and Eve, and he doesn't control you. I mean, you could get up right now and go sin, and he, w- he didn't control you. You have something called free will. By design, by God's, now grand, God is sovereign in the sense that there is no one more, more, there's no, there's no higher head. He's the most high God, right? He, he, the buck stops with God, right? But in his most highness, right, he released authority to the very ones made in his image, which ultimately he was going to occupy anyway, (laughs) And when you really are operating this oneness, again, when you don't have a, when you do not have a revelation of oneness, even this doctrine sounds like pride. But when you're one, when you're one, it changes everything. It changes everything. Because what is God actually delegating when he's in the person he's delegating it to? When he's in, when you're one with him and he's given you something, Wait a minute, is he really giving you something? Because wasn't it already his and he's already in you? And so wait a second, how can he give me something if it's already his and he's in me and I'm one with him? I'm just telling you, it'll mess you up. 
It messes up this whole idea of the separation thing, and it is everywhere. It is everywhere. Truthfully, I mean, God, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. This year, there's a scripture God gave me for this. Uh, you know, I have a vision in my heart, and it's to raise up a million millionaires. You know, I came from the business world, love the business world, love entrepreneurship, was raised, I mean, gosh, my whole, up, my whole training in the world, you know, started out as a CPA and then just all the things that I did, you know, prior to coming into full-time ministry. Just, I just have a heart for these things. And I, ha- I have a hatred for the poverty spirit on the body of Christ because it is bondage and it keeps us from taking cities. It keeps us from, you know, real estate ownership and influence is, a, is, is ambassadorship. It's ambassadorship, ownership of jobs, ownership. I mean, we're not just, yes, we evangelize on the streets, but you know what? When you give someone a job, let me tell you that there's a discipleship that starts to happen in that environment that can't happen on the street. When you become a landlord and you rent to someone, there's a, there's a discipleship and an influence that you have. You know, I know pastors who, you know, they have, they have uh, ministries that do nothing but just provide housing to the whole city. They're buying up cities. I mean, I can look at Bill Winston, my spiritual dad, who went down to Tuskegee and bought up a huge, he's bought the airport. He bought a huge thing of land and has, he's revitalizing a whole economy. We're called to take cities. We're called for cultural transformation. We're not just, and let me tell you, it takes money to do these things. It takes money to, to, to represent Christ accurately. Let me tell you, you go pay somebody's death, debt off at the same time you tell them God loves them. Go pay somebody's mortgage off and say, you know what? God loves you. What do I have to do for it? Oh, there's no strings attached. You see, it's one way love. It's a, it's a, it's a perpetual jubilee in the kingdom. It's just an expression of the broken poverty spirit that Jesus did on the cross. See, there, poverty has no, no legal right, actually, in your life. So I'm just writing what was wrong. Like, I'm telling you guys, God, there's a massive resistance to the revelation that I carry. And God has spent years putting this, this unapologetic union that what is Jesus belongs to me, not because of me, but because of what he did. And I didn't even, I didn't, frankly, I didn't even know about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he did it for me without my permission. And then some good news came and they told me. <laughs> you got translated out of the kingdom of darkness. <laughs> you got put in this kingdom. But you didn't just get put in the kingdom. You got put in a person. And his name is Jesus. And guess what? He's the actual king of this kingdom. And so you sit on the throne inside this guy. And this guy, he owns it all. He's a lawful owner of the earth. And you sit in him. So what's his is yours now. Yes. What? Yeah, it's good news, huh? But we don't preach the gospel like that. We're all sin-focused, trying to get people into the kingdom by repentance, which is, that is terrible news. That is terrible news. I feel so bad when somebody shares that with me. I don't feel like shouting. I feel like crying. I mean, I feel like beating myself up. Let me get the whip out. Let me just punish myself, all right? I'll save God some trouble. I'll save God some trouble. I feel so bad right now. I'll just self-mutilate. I'll self-mutilate, and then, you know, maybe when I'm done with that, maybe, maybe I'll be able to, will that be enough repentance, or do I need to do something else? Guys, um, now, man, I'm, Lord, help me. So, strife is illegal, poverty is illegal, debt is illegal, <laughs> sickness is illegal. So I have this, oh, I knew where I was going. Hey, okay. So, God has been giving me the scripture this year for these million millionaires. For these million millionaires. And um, it's a scripture out of Haggai, and it's Haggai 2.8, and it says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. And I'm like, okay, that's a good scripture, God. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're rich. He's like, no, 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 you're not getting it. You're not getting it. I said, no, apparently I'm not. I mean, I, I'm excited. Woo, silver is gold. That's great. That's great news. It's great news. But I still wasn't connecting it. Why? Because there was separation still. I still got this veil of separation in my heart. I've been sitting in this stuff for over 15 years, you guys. Union is pretty much, I mean, if it's not in me, we're in trouble. 
I mean, because I'm saying I'm leading the thing. Like, I mean, I'm supposed to be the union, you know, the union, right? Um, the cheerleader, right? And he's like, you're not getting it. He's like, what scripture do I have you meditating on this year? I'm like, uh, the Father and I are one. Yeah, because, you know, I've already done Christ in you, the hope of glory. I've already done, I've been seated in heavenly places with you. I mean, so I've already done in Christ, in Christ in me, Christ in him. So he's not done, though. He's like, no, no, you see, you hadn't got it. You got it. I'm glad you got it. You got it. Good. But you still don't get it. See, the Father and I are one. Now, step one, the Father and I are one. Step two, the silver is mine. The gold is mine. And man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I went, what are you saying? He's saying we're one. So who's the silver and gold? Is it mine? Is it yours? Whose is it? If there's no separation, whose is it? He's just saying, whose is it? And I mean, I went, well, I kind of want to say it's ours, but I still, you know, you just, I mean, that level of righteousness, that level of righteousness comes with massive resistance. Your own, your own, because there's something in there, it's called false humility. It's, it's still because that separation identity inside of you is still there. It's called the orphan mindset. And so we sit in that orphan mindset. We sit in that slave mindset. We sit in that separated mindset. And so we don't really fully grasp that this isn't just his kingdom. Wait a second. This isn't just his silver and gold. I mean, it is his silver and gold. But he's the one that put me inside of him. Again, he didn't ask my permission. I mean, he, I had to say, okay, okay, I can, I'll go. I mean, yeah, you can do what you want to do with me. Since you did it anyway, before you did, then just told me. Right? So, okay. See, the problem is we're trying to get something that is already ours. We're trying to become something we already are. We're trying to earn something that you can't work for. See, the very nature of the word inheritance means you cannot work for it. Well, that we receive the, said so we receive the inheritance, but then, then it's even like, how do you receive it? Well, you receive it through union. That's how you receive it. You receive it through union. Right? Now, what do I, and, and I want to go back to the jurisdiction of heaven here because, you know, um, let me, so let me just do it this way. Let me come in it a different way besides money. Cancer is illegal, right? It's illegal in heaven. It's illegal on the earth. Right? Now, is it illegal for everybody? Okay, what about the smoker? Okay, what about the person that didn't eat right? Are you sure? Because, I mean, you know, they should have, their temple, their, their body's the temple. I mean, they were polluting the temple. They were smoking smokes, eating wrong. I mean, are you sure it's illegal for them? I'm just saying, is it, is it, it, it is. I know we say this. Theoretically, we say this. But internally, in our mindsets, what do we believe? Do we believe our health is ultimately tied to our nutrition? I'm, I'm asking. Now, am I giving you a license to go out and eat cheeseburgers? Maybe, but, but let me say this. If you don't have this revelation, if you don't have this revelation that cancer is literally illegal by the jurisdiction of heaven through your union with the Father God and with Jesus Christ, the jur- that it is illegal for you. Premature death is illegal. It is illegal. It is illegal. The devil cannot just come and take you out just because he, he's not like Joe, what's that name? Joe Black or whatever that me- that movie was with Brad Pitt. Meet Joe Black. Did y'all ever see that movie? It's a, Brad Pitt is so handsome. <laughs> but, you know, you almost want to welcome death. You know what I mean? Like, come on in, death. Let me entertain you for a moment. I mean, that's not a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. It's a seducing spirit. Death is a seducing spirit. You better have Brad Pitt play it because you're going to have to get an agreement with it for it to take your life. And if he looks like Brad Pitt, I'm probably more likely to go ahead and let him on in my house. You know what I mean? The most handsome grim reaper I ever saw. That is, that is a prophetic picture of the spirit of death and what it has to do to, I mean, I'm telling you, 
Because premature death is illegal. And you know why we get into agreement with it? Do you want to know why? Because as children, or whenever our first exposure was to it, grandma, grandpa, parent, dog, cat, fish, flushing down the toilet, right? Whatever. I mean, I'm not, I know I'm making kind of a light of it, but I'm telling you, we learned some things about death in a premature childish mind that did not understand the gospel of what Jesus Christ accomplished. In Hebrews chapter 2, I'm going to read it. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says that Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death. In Hebrews 2, chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Therefore, since these children share in his flesh and blood the physical nature of mankind, he himself in a similar manner also shared in the same physical nature, but without sin. So that through experiencing death, he might make powerless, ineffective, impotent him who had the power of death. That is the devil. That he might free all those who through the haunting fear of death, through the haunting fear of death, were held in slavery throughout their whole lives. That haunting fear of death was implanted in our hearts. It was implanted in our hearts. I'm just telling you, there's things that we believe that give, that empower a powerless devil. Okay, did he say, he said, through death, experiencing death, Jesus, did he experience death? And it said, experiencing through the death, through the death on the cross, through death, through dying, Jesus dying, he defeated the one that had, past tense, had the power of death. So who holds the keys of life and death now? Does it say this in Revelation or not? Okay, now I'm, I didn't mean to go here, but I'm going to have to go here. And I don't have all the answers, you guys. I am not an eschatology expert. But I have to challenge what a large majority of the church believes about the 666 business. And this Damien coming. Or whatever. You know? Is he disempowered? The problem was I had spent too, many t- too much time in Ephesians. I'd spent too much time in Philippians. I'd spent too much time in Hebrews. I'd spent too much time with Jesus. I mean, in, in Ephesians, you know, it says, which he, the power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And uh, in world, it means age. And not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. And to put the, all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. I'm sorry, is that right or wrong? Right? And then I go over to Philippians and it's like, hey, he's highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. It says that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of the father. I mean, I'm sorry, something's off. Did he do it or not? Did he actually defeat the guy that had the power of death? Does he actually have the keys of killing? Does he actually have the devil's house keys? Does he have the devil's house keys or does he not? In Matthew 28, it says, All authority and power has been given up to me. Go and therefore make disciples of all men. Are we a victorious church or are we a victim church? I mean, I don't, again, I don't, I'm not a person that can stand up here and argue all of this eschatology stuff, but here's what I know. I know the gospel. I'm, I'm, I, I heard the actual good news. And I believe that the death, the only power the enemy has, I believe this with everything that is in me, that the only power the enemy has is what the church is not walking in. Boy, you better hear me. That the only power the enemy has is what the church is not walking in. Because the church is his body. And the head won it all. The head won it all. The head won it all. He actually did through death. Through death, he legally won it. Well, what, we still die. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. It is an illusion. Death is an illusion. You're never dying. You are never going to die. You are never dying. 
It's like getting out of your car. You're in the car, you're out of the car. You're still there. Whether you're in the car, out of the car, you're you, you, you're you. You are you. You just happen to be in the car. You're in the car, one day you'll get out of the car. But you get to decide. The devil can't make you get out of your car. He can't make the car break down. Not without your permission. Let me tell you, we gotta agree. We gotta bind. We gotta agree. And I'll tell you where I'm getting militant about it is with this dang poverty spirit. Don't make me cuss up in church. I'm saying, enough is enough. Enough is enough. This I can't afford. Enough is enough. Who said you live according to your bank account? Who said that God was going to call you to do something you could afford? Who told you that? You know what? You know what's creeped into the church? You know what's creeped into the church? Works has creeped into the church. That's what's creeped into the church. Just like I said, with can a smoker? What you should at least are you giving people license to smoke? They don't need a license to smoke. Their own unrenewed mind is their license to smoke. And if you think me telling them that you smoking is a sin, if you think me, me if I'm going to sin conscious, conscience, somebody out of bad behavior, you have not read the book. If you think you're going to get, is that even what God's after anyway? Is God after the right behavior with the wrong heart? Is he after some kind of religious adherence to a, a set of rules so that therefore you have the appearance of holiness, but your motives are completely jacked up? No, you know what? He's not afraid of sin. He's like, let it out so you can see what your motivations are. Because until you can see it in the light, it says all things are made manifest by the light. And until you can see it for what it really is, you can't repent anyway. Because repentance is a change of heart. So at the point is, it's not the right, it's the wrong question. It's the wrong discussion. It's the whole, God, that's not what God's doing. He's not having a discussion about their smoking. He's having a discussion about their righteousness. The Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness. Awake to righteousness and sin not. He's convicting you that you're one with Christ. He's convicting you that you've been put inside of him. And he may, he'll give you revelation about it. He'll give you, he'll give you light about it. But it's never, never sin focused, sin based. I mean, there's, well, what about consequences to your behavior? Well, the reality is Jesus was the chastisement of our punishment. The consequences went in his body. The curse went in his body. The punishment, all of it, everything, the self-condemnation, all of it went into Christ. Well, Shalise, what about personal responsibility? What about stewardship? What about all these other things? Well, it's orphan. You know, the prodigal son is the smoker. The elder brother is the Pharisee. And the Pharisee wanted the smoker to earn. He wanted to earn it. He wanted him to deserve it. You got to deserve the party. You got to deserve the fatted calf. You got to deserve the robe. You got to deserve the ring. You got to earn it. I've been earning it. Daddy, I've been working. I did all the right things. I'm holy. And his motive was ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. An accusing spirit is what it was. He was mad because the prodigal wouldn't earn it. You know how many people are mad at me because I don't earn it? I'm just telling you right now, there's people angry at me because I will not, I won't earn it. Y'all, if I got to earn it, we're all in trouble. I'm not an example of how you earn it. I'm an example of how you step into Christ and be it. That's the journey that I'm on. And I'm going to teach as many people to do that and help as many people do that as I can. 
And I'll tell you, the enemy is involved. Then this is so offensive. The enemy, this is, this is a primary strategy of the enemy. He wants you to earn it. He wants you to earn it. Because guess what? You can't earn it. You cannot earn it. Well, what about stewardship? What about these things? What about all these things? What about, uh, you know, the, the whatever 12-step program and the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? It's not in the book. And I have a responsibility to teach what's in the book. And what's in the book is supernatural debt cancellation. And what is in the book is getting money to pay your tax bill out of a fish's mouth. And um, what is in the book is there not being enough, like lack, and so you just take a little bit what you got, and then you bless it, and then you just supernaturally just multiplies and it feeds everybody. Um, What's in the book is, um, you know, just time after time after time after time of just mercy, 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 grace, 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 righteousness by gift, it's a gift, it's a gift, it's a gift, it's a gift. It's not in there. Well, what about the guy with all the talents and all that stuff? Well, you know what the real problem with that was? Was fear. That's a faith and fear analogy. It's not a stewardship like he didn't mean it. Like, you're not supposed to do anything apart from Christ. Yeah. Somehow it's like our stewardship, is that, what do you mean? You're separated from Christ, managing what belongs to Christ. And he's, he's evaluating in my independence how I'm managing his stuff. See, the moment you step out of union, you've entered into religion. The moment you step out of union, you've entered into religion. And you're, you're working for something that if you just get back in, is already yours. If you just get into position and stay there, it's already there, already there. It's already yours. Well, what do I do now that I'm here? I don't know. You're going to have to figure out from the head. I don't know what to tell you to do. I'm not him. I, I'm not the one that got put inside of you. I'm not the one you're living in. I don't know. You're going to have to hear him just like I do. And whatever he says, do it. Well, if he's not saying anything, well, I guess you don't have to do anything. Surely he's big enough to actually make sure you know to follow. If you're supposed to follow the leader, surely he's big enough to actually give you the instructions. If not, wait a minute, I'm the kid. I'm the kid, you know? I mean, I told the Lord one time, <laughs> you know, we were in, and I, I, mean, I get it. You know, even right now, the church's finances, they're not in the best place. Why? Because we don't believe this stuff. Don't look at me. You look at me, but I ain't, I'm not going to receive it. You can blame me all you want. That's going to make you sad. I'm just saying, playing the blame game makes you sad. So if you want to blame me, it's just going to do nothing but make you sad. Mad and sad. You know? This isn't my ministry. But you're a steward. Right? I'm just saying. Well, Shalise, what's going on? Here's what I know. I'm just going to say this. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I told the Lord a long time ago, Lord, this vision you've given us, this hundreds of millions of dollars of visions that you've given us, I mean, you realize that I'm clueless, right? Like, you recognize this. I'm sure you did. Surely you didn't give this to me thinking I knew something. I just want to clarify the expectations here, right? Like, I read in there, use the foolish things to confound the wise. That's the context that we're, ha- that we're starting with, Right? Right? Like, I'm not qualified except in Christ. Right? Like, I just want to make sure you're not putting something on me that i got to live up to that I'm just, because I'm a baby. I'm just a kid. Dad, dad. Okay? Like, I'm a kid. Right? Which actually is what qualifies me. That's actually what qualifies me to carry the vision. So for you to want me to step out of that and know something, you're disqualifying me. So I remember one time we were late, you know, they were about to shut the electricity off or something. I don't know what was happening. And I just went to the Lord. I was like, Lord, look. Now, if you really wanted us to do this, if you were asking us to do this, you should have sent some different people. I mean, I love y'all. All, you know, but I mean, I'm, I really do love y'all. But I'm just saying, if he was wanting us to build this, y'all are not the ones he should have sent. Like, now, and if he wanted to start that with prayer and other things, like, y'all are amazing. They're the right ones to come. Yes, yes, yes. 
But with the, you know, just I'm just saying with the financial component sometimes, you think this is not the one you should have sent if we're going to do it. They don't got no money, Jesus. I'm just saying, so we're having a conversation, right? But my point is, you know, let me just give you some, he's taught me so much, and I'm telling you, it offends us. It offends the, it, that elder brother gets so mad. Just wants me to work for him. And I just said, well, Jesus, if you, since these are the ones you sent me, since these are the ones you sent me, there's got to be another way. There just must be a different way. And you know there is. There is. What is it, Shalise? What is it? 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 Ah, oh, that's another day, but um, it's way easier than you think. See, you're immediately looking for a formula. Immediately looking for a 10-step program. Immediately, you want the three steps, the three steps that if I go home and do, I'll receive my money. Recognizing, get in Jesus. You're already rich. Now, if you want to really know what to do, like I will give you this, because that's the title of this message, and I'll stay on my topic. Don't tolerate it. Don't tolerate it. Do not tolerate lack. Do not tolerate sickness. Do not tolerate it. Bind it. Use the key. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And I mean, and, and, and it, 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 it's a lie. Because let me just say this. In the natural, you guys, even that's a lie. I mean, even in the natural, it's a lie. It is a lie to think that there's not enough in the earth realm. Like there's scarcity in the, in, on, planet, on the planet. That's a lie, even. Do you understand? I mean, just there is abundance actually is real. Just because you and I aren't connected to it at this moment in our bank account doesn't make it untrue. It makes it pressure-filled. <laughs> right? It makes it maybe worrisome. It makes it a lot of things, but it doesn't make it true. You know, faith takes what is in the unseen and moves it into the seen. Meaning what we believe. And, you know, just recently, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, just a testimony. We're going to wrap up. You know, I went to dinner with a group of young girls. Just that, I mean, I've known for years, years and years. I've mentored them. Some of them, I've just, you know, they were in their teens. Now they're moms and stuff. And went to dinner with them, and uh, there was a new... A person that came to the dinner, someone had moved from out of state, and they were a friend of one of the girls, and she had been battling an allergy to gluten. And as you guys know, I like to eat. And I don't come under that either with people. I'll just warn you now, I don't come under it. And I know it's frustrating for people, but I'm not coming under it. I love you, but I'm not coming under it. Jesus has taught me too much. And... Um, I looked at her and I said, that's demonic. And I said, it's not okay. It's not okay. Like that, what, it's illegal. That's illegal that you have, that you can't have gluten. So that's legal. But gluten isn't good for you, Shalise. You guys, if we had to do this, live in a world where everything was not good for us, we had to avoid, we need to leave the planet. I mean, come on, you guys. We actually, I mean, we're, what are we going to get in a sterile environment? Are we going to go live in a vacuum? Are we going to go be the boy in a bubble? Have y'all seen the movie from the 70s? Remember the boy in the bubble? Man, I loved that movie when I was a kid. Wasn't that amazing? That was a, that was, well, I, yeah, maybe, I don't know, but I just thought that, that was such, I remember, I was just, that was amazing. But that, really, you guys, that's what, we're, that's where the devil will take you. The devil will put you in a bubble if you let him. So, yeah, it'll start with this, it'll start with this, it'll start with this, it'll start with this, and then pretty much you know you're the boy in the bubble. Yeah, we live in a world that is affected by the curse. Yes, we do. Wow. Newsflash. I mean, really, y'all? Yeah, we live in a fallen world. What does that have to do with you? 
what does that have to do with you? I get mad because what Jesus accomplished was expensive. It was expensive what happened to him on the cross. The blood flowed for real. The stripes on his back were actual stripes. The victory that he defeated, that devil, I can't stand him. And he will back you into a corner, and then when you're back there, he'll shrink you down, and he'll take everything you've got. So, yeah, when she said that to me, I said, that is demonic. It is illegal in heaven because Jesus became the curse. And it does not apply to us. Well, Shalise, what about wisdom? It's Wisdom is the gospel. Wisdom is the gospel. Wisdom is redemption. Wisdom is resurrection. Wisdom is immunity from the curse. That is wisdom. And the body of Christ has been seduced. And praise God for these things because we have been seduced. Praise God for these natural things. Because people don't know. And they've submitted themselves to the curse. So she came and she didn't know. I'm not mad at her. I get passionate about it because I have revelation. I have, a, I have revelation, so I get passionate about it. Not, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm mad at the devil who deceives everybody. And so I just said it. And she, so she waited around until after we prayed for me. She had a big cyst on her hand, too. And I said, yeah. And I just, <laughs> I went to lay my hand on her. Because it happened, apparently, in Mozambique. She was a missionary for Heidi Baker's ministry. And I, as soon as I went to lay my hand on her, he said she's got an immune, immune problem. And her immune system is um, fighting. It's, it's fighting herself. Most allergies are that. They're attacking it, right? There's an attack going in. So there's an immune system problem. So I, he just said to speak a new immune system into her. So I spoke a new immune system into her, and then he said, blow on her belly. I'm like, oh, I don't blow on her belly. I know this seems weird. I'm supposed to blow on your belly. <laughs> Blowed on her belly, right? And, uh, you know, I talked to her yesterday. She's going, oh, my gosh, I've been eating cakes and candy. I've been eating five. I've been eating everything I want to eat. You know, I laid my hand on her cyst. It went down twice. It was, it was huge, huge. She's a blogger, a very uh, successful blogger. She said, yeah, it started when I started blogging. So whatever. So I just put it on. It went out half the size. I said, how's the cyst? She said, it's about halfway what it was. I said, okay, next time I see you, we're going to pray out of it. We're going to pray over it again. Now, I know what I'm saying is radical. But you guys, this is, this is true. What I'm teaching you is true. And it is illegal. And I get that we are not there. I mean, geez, Lily missed three days of school last week. I am not condemning us. If I'm going to condemn us, I'm going to have to condemn me. I mean, it comes out of what you believe. You just it, it, shift When you shift the belief, the faith automatically shows up. Right? So we're not... So, it's, so Shalise, what do you do? Well, you, you pursue whatever God tells you to pursue. Uh, meaning for me, it's, it's staying, in the, staying, in Bill, staying with Bill Winston, staying with Bill Winston. It's for me, it's personally getting sessions. Meaning I go to the Rethink RMR sessions, which are our rapid mind renewal sessions, and I confront the areas of my heart where these beliefs were formed. You know what? I have a revelation, for example, over the victory of death because I've had encounters that dealt with where I started to believe lies about death. So I'm, I'm confronting the areas of my heart where I'm not experiencing all that Jesus purchased for us. Does that make sense? And he's given me step by step by step by step on what to do. And it's so tempting not to do what he tells you to do because you just want to work. I'm just telling you, I, sometimes when I'm doing what he's telling me to do, like, I mean, I'll give you one of the exercises he has me doing. He had me print off the online banking thing, you know, that like you, 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 know, you sign in online and it gives you your account balances and all that stuff. He had me print that off or actually have it, screenshot it, put it into Adobe Illustrator, and change all the numbers to millionaire numbers. That's one thing he told me to do. So I did that. And I, I'm, I'm looking at it. Right? And so what, but then it, I mean, let me tell you, sitting there looking at that, it's counterintuitive. I want to I do something. Lord, I can't get it just like, you know, but I'm telling you, right? I'm going to end with this. And we'll stop right today. And I, I think I talked about this, but, you know, I had a vision of me sitting in the snow and I was lost. 
and I had lost my keys. But I, I was so lost, I, for, I didn't even know what I was looking for anymore. I was confused and lost. So I was sitting there. My keys were actually, I was in the snow. They were right here, but a little bit of snow was on them. But I was so confused and lost that I didn't even know to look for what I was looking for. I didn't know what I was looking for. So an angel came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, you've forgotten who you were. You've forgotten who you were and you lost these. And he picked them up and he put them in my hand. And the Lord said this, that he, and then he said who I was. <laughs> and this is what he said. He said, you are a bringer of the unseen into the seen. And then I looked to the right and there was like a, these keys, there was a key on there. There was multiple keys, but this key unlocked the door to the unseen realm. So he opened up the door to the unseen realm and pushed it open. And it was just like, literally, like you were sitting here and I literally, like in a, you know, sci-fi movie or like with movie effects could just be like, boop, boop, boop. And all of a sudden push it in and there's a whole nother realm right here, just dimension away. Right? That's what it looked like. And then he said, everything you're looking for is through that door. And he said, there's many other bringers of the unseen into the seen, still in the unseen. You've got to bring them into the scene. Now, that's deep. Okay? It's deep. But here's what I know. We are going to see the manifestation of what belongs to us as we release the jurisdiction of heaven and begin to violently stand for what is legal and illegal. And if you, if you want to take on, let me see, you've literally just have to say, I'm sorry, it's illegal. Well, what about, but, but it's illegal. It's not about me. It's about what's legal and what's illegal. And this is illegal. This is illegal. Sickness is illegal. Poverty is illegal. Strife is illegal. These things are illegal. So I'm, I'm not even in it. I didn't make the law. I live in the, in the benefit of the law. You know, but we're not under the law. But I'm just, you just hear what I'm saying here. I know we're not under legalistic law that earns something. But whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. And he will give us the keys to the kingdom. So I want, you know, those keys are real. You know, Jesus took captivity captive. You know what he did? He bound it. Bondage is illegal. And I'll tell you, if you'll begin to pray this way, do you know how many times when I'm praying, I'll be like, I just release the jurisdiction of heaven. I start prayers like that all the time. And in the name of Jesus, I'll, if you aren't on the Kisses of Heaven email, you need to get that one this week. Um, get on, go to my website, shalice.com, sign up for the email. You'll get one and you can go back to the archive. But this week's Kisses from Heaven was all about God wanting us to have more confidence when we use his name. And he went into the fact that it's not just his name, it's your name. I mean, listen, even the way you use the name of Jesus will change when you get union. He said, why are you not signing checks in my name? He said, you think that'd be forgery. Are you not a joint heir? Are you not in Christ? Is he the lawful owner of all things? Well, when are you actually going to spend your inheritance? When are you actually going to use it? Instead, we have this deception that thinks we're waiting on it. We think we're waiting on it. We never, ever just possessed it. So there's a lot here in this. And I'll tell you, Boy, mama found her keys. Found my keys. And I, I'm not lost and confused. I might have a momentary lapse, but praise God for grace and for a praying church. Amen. So, Father, I thank you that right now there is 
There's a response to this message this morning that you have for every single person here today. There's a response. I don't know what the response is. It's as varied as the people here. Now, I just want to bring something here for a second, you guys, because the Lord's talking to me about this. Okay, let's say that you're a doctor. That's what you do for profession. Like, are you not supposed to be a doctor because Jesus purchased it all? No, of course not. Of course not. Because how many of you know, people don't know what I'm talking about. And they're going to die if we don't have an EMT. I mean, they're going to die if you don't do heart surgery. I mean, praise, I'm not, I'm not, these things are not wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying these things. There's not wrong with taking supplements. There's nothing, it's not sin. None of that is sin. It's not, it's not sin to have debt. It's not sin to use a mortgage. These aren't sins, right? But it's just not supernatural living. Do do, do you understand what I'm saying? So I wanted to pull that out there because I don't want you to be like, okay, now I can't. You know, we get, we, we we go way over here. So at least what are you saying? I'm saying it doesn't apply to you to the extent you believe. I'm saying to the extent you believe, none of that applies to you. To the extent you believe, you don't operate in those systems. To the extent you believe. And to the extent you believe, you can release it in the lives of other people. Why? Because you can bind it and loose it. And so you are a kingdom carrier as a doctor, as a supplement store owner, as a, right, you're a kid. It, it, it's it's your it's your assignment, but your your work is to release the kingdom, because that's the Father's work in your assignment. Do you understand? What I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with the assignments. There's nothing. I mean, matter of fact, God will give us inventions to better humanity in these ways. Because why? The whole world lies in darkness. They better take their dang supplements. I'm just telling the truth. They better take their high blood pressure medicine. They better, you better, right? But, but you're not them. You're in Christ. Amen. Somebody better get in Christ. Somebody better take the supplements and somebody in Christ better go tell them, hey, you know, I'm glad you're taking those supplements, but bam, you're healed. Do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, are you going to be, I mean, we go, I, I really am closing. Are you the woman with the issue of blood? Are you the one that they're touching the garment? Who are you? When you read the when you read the gospels, who do you identify with? The one needing the miracle or the one doing the miracle? And I'm telling you, you're the one doing the miracle because you're in Christ. Well, Shalise, what about this thing that's going on in my body? What about this? Well, you know what? I'm I'm what you're hearing today should affect that. And to the extent it's not affecting it, okay, we're believing the wrong thing. I have one more testimony. I'm ending. This week, anybody knows right now that, that Amy is in the process of being completely healed and delivered from narcolepsy, right? And it's only a process, by the way, because she has to come up in her identity, right? Um, I've told her since I first met her, it's a spirit. That's a spirit. Narcolepsy is a spirit. It's 100% demonic. Right now, she's been to doctor for how many years, Amy? 15 years, she's been going to sleep doctors. She's been on, what was that medicine? Adderall, just to keep her awake so she doesn't crash her car while she's driving. You went to Mayo Clinic. She's been to all kinds of sleep specialists. She's been to all this stuff. And here I am. Who am I? Who am I? I'm just to say, it's a demon. You know, I mean, even for her to receive that was just like, this woman's crazy. Right? Well, we were in one of the leadership labs one day, and that stupid thing starts to manifest. And I just, I mean, instantaneously, I saw it as like the squid-looking thing. And I just went in the name of I just cut it off, you know. And she snapped out of it instantaneously. And, um, but, you know, it didn't stay gone. I'm just telling the story because I want you to hear, this is real. I am not crazy. And she goes home that night. She goes to sleep. And, and let me say this. If you don't see people with the kind of fruit in their life that you're seeing in mine, do not listen to them. Until they're manifesting the level of the miraculous that you see in my life, don't listen to that mess. Because they will accuse me and they will say all kinds of stuff. They did the same thing to Jesus. 
And I'm getting bold about it because I am fed up with the de- demonic elder brother spirit that accuses the son. Because sons do not work for it. So anyway, she goes home that night. She goes to bed. Yeah, you better hear me. I'm not working for it. Ain't nothing you're going to tell me going to make me work for it. Because I'll just go get a session. All right. Now, so Amy goes to sleep that night. And she said, she said, now listen, I got delivered in my sleep. Getting delivered in your sleep, is, you should have faith for that. I mean, I got stone cold, I mean, just delivered in my sleep when I was at Living Word. I mean, dude, it was awesome. Anyway, this one of the intercessors came in my dream and laid on top of me like Elijah, or Elisha. And, man, I got, I mean, in my sleep, I got, demon came out. They're like, what? Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. And I woke up. Christians can't have demons. Okay, you believe that. Um, and they, um, they had, my hair was all on my arm, and this fear was in the room. Like, it was so scary. Like, I woke up, and I, and I could smell sulfur, the stinkiest smell you've ever smelled. And then the presence of God went, bam, on the bed. And, I mean, just the fear left, everything left. And I got delivered from um, just really alcohol. Totally got delivered from alcohol. I, I, I had drank so much that when I drank orange juice, it tasted like a screwdriver. My taste buds were totally, I mean, taken over by demon. And I was on the airplane headed home from where I was when that happened. And, I mean, I would dread drinking orange juice, especially that crappy airline orange juice. You know what I mean? It's just bad. That was like, you know, like a double screwdriver, you know. <laughs> and the Lord was like, do you want to taste some orange juice? I mean, I tasted it. It was like, it was like fresh squeezed Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even that crappy airline one. But my point is, Amy, so I'm talking about this. Because she went home, she went to bed that night. And in her dream, she said, I came up to her in her dream. And I slapped like this. That narcolepsy. I slapped her, but I slapped the spirit of narcolepsy. She said, it, it, I hit her so hard in her dream, it woke her up. And she said, her, she, this is how she woke up. Ooh, I mean, like she was moving. You know what I mean? In her dream. She came into work the next day, and she said, I am totally symptom-free. Because one of the things narcolepsy does, too, it, 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 it controls your... What's that thing called, Amy? Cataplexy. It controls your facial muscles, so when you laugh, you don't. it controls your muscles. And so she was laughing with all, all of that. She's like, she was healed. She called me. like We, we cried. This, this is a huge journey, right? Well, so then she goes home, and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, the, the thing is, she didn't, she didn't totally keep it. Right? So the thing would manifest. It would manifest. And so, but she works for me. So I see her every day. Like a stupid demon. I mean, you know, like we're not giving it. I mean, it's like, it's hilarious. So we, I've just been using it, the opportunity to teach her her authority. Right? So we, we do all kinds of creative things. Like Lily, uh, where's Lovey? I don't, is Lovey here? Okay, here's Lovey. Oh, look, Ella knew by the Holy Spirit to bring Lovey today. This is Lovey. And this is a Build-A-Bear. And she's got the rainbow color of the glory of God. And so um, Lovey casts out the spirit of narcolepsy from Amy often, often. We'll bring her up and we'll say, okay, be healed in Jesus' name. She's a powerful bear, right? Y'all guys are looking at me crazy, but hey, I mean, if Paul's, you know, Paul could anoint handkerchiefs, Lovey's anointed. If you need prayer, Lovey's going to be praying for people after service. Um, at least that's ridiculous. No, what's ridiculous is that the devil thinks that he has authority to stay in Amy's body. That is actually ridiculous. And so if you think I'm going to lift a finger more than to get my daughter's little, funny little bear to pray for her, you guys are mistaken. Because it is ludicrous. And until we get that violent over poverty, it's going to exist in this congregation. And until we get that violent over everything else that Jesus defeated. And I say violent, I mean, let me tell you, I laugh half the time. Don't we laugh? We just laugh at the devil. Oh, we laugh at him so stupid. Stupid little narcoleptic devil, so stupid. And I just tell him, I, I'm almost at a place, sometimes I feel sorry for him. Other times I want to thank him. Because he's really helping Amy learn her authority. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm just saying, you know, so now she's speaking to it in the car. She's not, she hasn't been on Medicaid. I mean, like this is, she's like telling you, like this has never happened. So, but I'm just, I'm sharing this, I'm sharing multiple things today because I, it is not, this is every one of you. Every one of you is so atomic, so powerful. And I'll say this, if you're, you cannot feel sorry for yourself and be powerful at the same time. Oh, my God, you cannot do that. 
Get healed already. Schedule a session. Deal with that pain. Because you, you're not, I mean, but I get the pain is real. I totally get it. I get the pain is real. I'm not just telling you, you know, some people just be like, get your mouth out of your thumb and buck it up. That is not me. That's not this ministry. Because the pain is real and emotional healing is real. And you stuffing it is not healing it. All right? But there's healing for that stuff. You know, there's healing for that. But don't stay there. If you're in pain and you're hurting and your emotions are keeping you from acting in faith, then by all means schedule a session. If you cannot pay for it and you are in a bad place, then you need to let me know. You need to just personally let me know because I don't know exactly how God's going to do it, but I'm not. I'm at a place where I'm about to just stop turning people away because I, it is not God. The po- I mean, the poverty has got to stop. Amen? Okay. (laughs) But there is a response. That's where I was praying. There is a response that everybody has to this message today. And, Lord, we're not trying to make it religious. We're not trying to, like, okay, I'm going to, you know, it's it's whatever you say. And so, first of all, I just speak a rest over everybody in this room today. Because when you hear something like this, you can get all fired up and then just try to go do something on your own. But that's not what I'm preaching today. Okay, I, I, I speak a rest over you that allows you to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And if he's not saying anything, don't, don't stress out. Because you may wake up tomorrow and he says something, or he might speak to somebody three days from now and you'll get it. Don't stress. Rest. Be a son. Be a son. Get into Jesus and just sit down. Sit down on the throne and trust. Trust that he's big enough to finish the good work he began in you and to bring it to completion and that whatever truth that he's leading you into, he knows how to get you there. Amen? So just rest in Jesus. And, Lord, there is a response that's coming, but you're going to bring it. You're going to do the response through us. And you're going to have grace to do it, whatever it is. So I just release that over you in Jesus' name. And I'm just going to declare a few things. In the name of Jesus, hi. Poverty, I look you in the face. And I tell you to bow. In the name of Jesus, bow. Bow before the King of Kings. Bow before the one who wears the victor's crown. Bow before the one who holds the keys to death and to hell. Who holds, hey, the whole world belongs to him. And I tell you to bow. (laughs) And you know what? You're going to take off everything that you've been wearing that belongs to us. You're going to give us back our money. You're going to give us back all the stuff that you've been sitting on like it's yours. In the name of Jesus, bring it now. Just set it down, set it down, set it down at the feet of the king who is the lawful owner of it. Because the silver is his and the gold is his. You do not own it. In Jesus' name. You don't own it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All right, well, Father, I'm just, I'm, I release miracles of all kinds this week. I release financial provisional miracles all, all in this house this week. Uh, who has a business? Stand up if you're a business owner. If you're a business, okay, well, I, yeah, stand up, Bill. Any business owners in the house? I release contracts. I release clients. I release an angels to go with divine connections and bring increase in the name of Jesus. And I'm not talking about just a little bit of increase, angels. I'm talking about some big increase. Go do something that looks like God in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Go. In Jesus' name. Go! In Jesus' name. Hey, thank you, Lord. Now, I want you just to see it in your hands. Okay, we just see it. I don't know how you see it. If you see it in your balance sheet or you see it on your something, in your bank account, if you see it, I don't know, just, Lord, give them a vision that they can grab onto, that they can see it. And I thank you, Lord, that as they get this right now in their hands, just whatever comes up, you know, five new customers, five new whatever, I don't know if that's somebody, just whatever's coming up, just go ahead and grab it. Because it's yours. It's yours. Okay? Everybody, 
Y'all sit down. Everyone that's dealing with some kind of physical issue, stand up. Okay? In the name of Jesus, we break the power of this physical ailment in the bodies in this house right now in Jesus' name. And we call it illegal. In the, no, listen to me. Devil, shut up. Shut up. You always want to try to put it back on them. But you know what? It's not on them. It's on Jesus. And it's by grace. It's by the grace of God that they have been set free from these physical issues. So I loose them in the name of Jesus. And I bind up sickness and disease of all kinds in this house today. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what you go by. I don't care what the doctor calls you. In the name of Jesus, you are below his name. And his name is above your name. And you're going to bow right now. And you're going to get out of these bodies in the name of Jesus. These are not your houses. You are a trespasser. Out in the name of Jesus. Hey! Out in the name of Jesus. And we just say yes, Lord, yes to the jurisdiction of heaven. And I release creative miracles all over this house, all over this house, new joints, new organs, <laughs> new body parts in the name of Jesus. Hey, hey, angels bring, 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 bring new parts, new parts, new parts, new parts. New parts. Things that have been damaged. Just things. I just say, hey, brand new, brand new, brand new parts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We just receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. Hey, we receive it. We receive it. And if there's any, you know, move around. If there's something you couldn't do, do it. Hey! Hey! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All kinds of new body parts. Hallelujah. How can you can feel something different in your body? Raise your hand if you can feel it. Thank you, Lord. Good. All right. Now, I want you to see yourself healed. See yourself healed. See yourself however that would look. That's real. That is real. Matter of fact, that's the truth. That's the truth. What you're experiencing is not the truth. What you see is the truth. Okay? Test it again if you need to. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for every miracle that happened here today and everyone that's going to continue to happen this week. All right, you guys, if you want a prayer or a prophetic word, uh, we've got prayer uh, ministers here today, and I'm going to call it a day. I know it was long, but what you going to do? In Jesus' name, you're blessed. Amen.